Hello there, everyone, and welcome to episode two of the Fork Fix podcast. I am Sherry Bant, and this episode is titled, Why Are We Okay With Not Being Okay? I know I mentioned that actually in the last uh, episode one of the podcast, and I wanted to kind of dig into that a little bit today and just kind of chat about it. Um, I'm not someone who likes to throw facts at people, but I'm going to share a couple things with you that if you don't already know, I just want you to kind of ponder and think over. So let's just dig right in. Um, the first thing I want to do is I've read this quote before in other videos that I've done. It is actually from, let me look, it's Dr. David L. Katz. And I saw this um, on, I saw him speak this, or I heard this on um, the Code Blue documentary. So if you've not ever watched that, I think you can find that uh, documentary on um I think Amazon Prime is where I watched it, but Dr. Katz had a quote that is just, just blew me out of the water and I got to share it with you. Just give you some food for thought here. Haha, <laughs> food for thought. Um, okay. All right. Let me clear my throat. I'll do like a news announcer thing. <clears throat> All right. Imagine if the news were to break tomorrow. There's a new drug available just approved by the FDA. It's available in bountiful supply. It's shockingly inexpensive, suddenly, stunningly free of side effects, safe enough for a child and octogenarians alike, and taken once daily for the rest of your life will reduce your risk of ever getting a major chronic disease by 80%. Who would not want a prescription for this? lifestyle is exactly that medicine and all too few are taking it. I just thought this was such a good quote. It's so good. It's so good because we don't think about food and lifestyle as medicine and lifestyle. I will say lifestyle is more than just food. We're going to talk a lot about food today, mainly just food, but lifestyle is not only food, but it's you know, keeping your stress levels down, making sure you're sleeping enough, moving your body, uh, having community, a loving relationship with family and friends. That's all lifestyle. But I am here to attest that it all starts with what's on your fork. So anyways, let's just talk about lifestyle diseases for a bit because the title was, why are we okay with not being okay? All right. So I did a little quick googly search um, on the interwebs and hopped onto the CDC's website and I just right away pops up six in 10 adults have chronic disease in the United States. Six in 10 have a chronic disease. Four in 10 have two chronic diseases. Huh, that's a lot of disease, guys. And this is, you know, major diseases. We're not talking about um, uh, we're not talking about inflammation, you know, lack of sleep, um, you know, maybe, I don't know, other things like IBS, cause that's pretty chronic and really rampant, uh, um, you know, having other things like autoimmune, uh, fibromyalgia, things like that. So we're talking major lifestyle diseases, like heart, things that are killing us that are the major killers in our country today, heart disease, diabetes, cancer, kidney disease, Alzheimer's. Those are what I'm talking about when I say the six in 10 or the four in 10. So that means that six in 10 adults have one of those major diseases, major diseases. They're dealing with that on a daily basis. So it's kind of like, and I'm here again, I will not, we're not going to skirt death. I am very much a Christian. I believe that, you know, that's one thing I'm not really concerned about dying. 
I myself am concerned about how I'm living while I'm alive. And I think we need to think about that a little bit more. These diseases are killing us. And of course, like I said, you can't get away from dying. We don't know when our day is. But the thing is, you know, needless suffering and pain is happening with these diseases. And if you've ever had anybody in your family, which I'll kind of talk about here in just a moment, I'm going to get a little real. I'm going to share some personal stuff with you because I feel like maybe if there's somebody out there, it'll help. And I just, I just have to. So anyways, okay. So some of us say genetics, all right? So I'm going to have, I have another quote. I saw this on, I saw this one um, on, I've actually heard it before, but I saw a little meme the other day and I thought, oh, this is good. This is exactly what I want to talk about. And um, it's Dr. Esselstyn, which I just absolutely adore. Um, but he, he had a little, there was a post and, and he said this, he said, um, you know, genetics, cause we all say, well, it's in our genes, you know, my you know, we might have a relative or a mom or a dad that has heart disease, diabetes, or they've had cancer or, you know, um, a grandmother or a grandfather, someone in our family. I know if we have six and 10 adults have a chronic disease, then we're all being touched by it in some way. And then we say, because I was one of these people that thought, you know, it's in our genes, right? So his quote is, genetics loads the gun. Let me say that again. Genetics loads the gun. Lifestyle pulls the trigger. I'm going to say it one more time because guys, this is just good stuff. Genetics loads the gun, lifestyle pulls the trigger. So yes, you can have the genes for heart disease, cancer, diabetes, kidney disease, Alzheimer's, but lifestyle is what's triggering it. So do you want to turn it on or do you want to turn it off? And I do have, for those of you who are, you know, listening to the podcast, um, you can't see what I'm doing, but for those of you watching on video, if you see me, I've got a... I got a shit ton of notes today, guys. So um, if you see me looking down and I'm not looking up, that's what I'm doing. I'm reading my little notes here, if I can even read them. All right. So we're going to talk about genes. Just a minute. I said I was going to share something and I wasn't going to share this. And I thought maybe I should or me. I, I want to share it because I, as a kid, my dad's sister, my aunt, her name was Kathy. Um, and mind you, my dad has passed away. He had COPD. Um, he ended up getting pneumonia. He had been on oxygen for about 19 years. Um, previous smoker, overweight, diabetic. Um, we got him for a long time and um, I missed him very much, but he passed away several, several years ago. And he um, passed away prior to my aunt dying. Um, my aunt Kathy, when I was a kid, his sister would always say to me, because I was stick skinny when I was a kid. When I was a child, I was a stick skinny. I didn't really eat a whole lot. I ate Kraft macaroni and cheese. And a lot of saltine crackers. I drank Pepsi. <laughs> I um, didn't grow up on like, you know, a whole food plant-based diet by any means. But I still managed to be extremely thin. And I can remember I would sit on her lap and she was not thin at the time. She was overweight all like all I can remember. She was probably morbidly obese most all of my life. And um, and she would say, oh, you're such, she called me Susie Q. She didn't call me Sherry. I don't know why she said, she called me Suze or Susie Q. And she'd say, Susie Q, you're going to grow up and you'll, you got those Johnson jeans. You're going to get big like me someday. And I would think to myself, that's not going to happen. When I was a kid, I thought that's not going to happen. So let's fast forward to, um, Kathy is an adult. She had lost her, my cousin. She had, um, a son. He was 34 years old when he passed away. He had um, an aneurysm, I believe, or a, a pulmonary aneurysm, I believe is how he died. So he was very young, um, passed away. And she um, got to, I don't know how old she was, I think maybe 68. So it was shortly after my father passed away. Um, 
she lost, started losing a bunch of weight. And then she was having trouble going to the bathroom. And I can remember her calling me and saying, you know, Sherry, I'm just, you know, and this is a lot of information, but I'm really constipated. I'm having trouble going to the bathroom. So she was asking me and um, knowing that I had, you know, experienced things like that in the past. And we talked about it because we're a family that talks about everything. So, um, so she was kind of asking, you know, my opinion. And then she was telling me like how, how things were going. And I said, Kathy, you really need to get into the doctor. You need to go. So she went. She had a colonoscopy done. They didn't see anything. Um, so she's like, well, I don't know. They, I don't know what the problem is, blah, blah, blah. So she really didn't have a good family physician at the time. She was on Medicaid. She was rather poor, didn't have a lot of money. So she just kind of had to go with her, you know, go with what she was offered. She ended up getting, losing more weight, not feeling good, not being able to go to the bathroom. She finally went in and, and um, uh, they did a bunch of blood work. Long story short, she ended up having colon cancer um, and pretty rapidly growing cancer. It ended up, she was diagnosed with the cancer in the beginning of September. And I can't even tell you the year. I should be able to tell you the year. But she didn't know what she was going to do. So I ended up being her, um, uh, what's it called? A medical um, oh, do, 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 power of attorney so that I could help her through this because my dad wasn't around anymore and she just needed, and I was pregnant with one of the kids at the time. So here I am pregnant. I don't know anything about how this is going to go, but she wanted me to help her and I, I told her I would. I told her I'd help her walk through it. So I don't want to tell you all the details, but I want to tell you this. September, she was diagnosed. It was, um, she ended up having, she wanted to be home, but she couldn't. Um, so we ended up getting her into a nursing home facility. Uh, being that she was on Medicaid, she had to have physical therapy. And um, she she went through, key, she was still able to do, she did radiation, not chemo. Long story short, it was probably December when she started getting really bad. Like, um, I think that, you know, the, the she, had, she had it all, the cancer had spread. It was in her lung. And, um, it was all through her body. I think it was probably, uh, she wouldn't do an MRI. I think it was probably in her brain too. So, um, so anyways, um, she, she ended up, um, right towards the very end. They were like, do you, can't, you know, they called me up cause I would get calls. She was having a hard time, called me up and they said, they think that she's just really not doing well, that this could be it, that this could be the end. And I, you know, I was prepared for that. Um, she wasn't prepared for that, but I was. So they're like, do you want to get hospice? So I went in and talked to her and she's like, yeah, I guess I'll get hospice. And I, um, having known my aunt really well, I knew that it was soon, like the way that it, it just, I, she could tell it was going to be soon. So I told the, I told the facility, I think she's going to, I think she's going to pass away like right, you know, soon here, the way things are going. And they're like, oh, I'm sure we have time. So they wanted to move her to another part of the, <laughs> a part that, you know, since she was on Medicaid, they had to move her to another part of the facility to be able to put her on hospice because she was in the good room and she had to go to the not so good room for hospice. So she got to that room. They were trying to get the hospice, hospice care in there to get her some, some meds to make her comfortable. But because it was going so rapidly, they couldn't give her any medication. The nurse on the floor couldn't give medication until it was prescribed for her. So she had nothing. And I just, this is, this is kind of hard. I might actually cry here. Um, I didn't think I would do this. Um, but I was there. My mother was there with me and I, you know, she suffered. She suffered for hours, um, before they finally, the hospice showed up the minute she took her last breath. So I watched her suffer. Um, with that cancer 
but I watched her suffer dying. And um, I just, I just, the thing is, it's not that you can prevent death, but when you think about all these lifestyle diseases, and let me go back to my notes, because I got a little bit, a little bit, this is a little personal, so it's a little bit emotional for me. It's, I know that there's lots of you out there that have had these same th stories, these same things happen to you with your family members. And it's awful. It's awful to watch someone die of cancer. It's awful to watch someone die of Alzheimer's. It's awful to watch someone die of, you know, just suffering. And, and it's not to say that we can prevent all those things. But I, I, I'm here to talk about how lifestyle can help make a difference so that you don't end up, you have more choice in that. So, okay, so here are a couple other things that I want to share. So on a lighter note here, um, and then I'll go back to some of it, but on a lighter note, on social media, um, you know, I'm scrolling through the social media. And so I think a lot of times it, it's interesting. Social media is interesting. I saw a meme and I don't know if anybody that posted this is going to actually hear this. So um, I'm kind of hoping not. But anyways, it was a meme and it says, once you accept the fact that queso and margaritas taste better than being skinny, the second half of your life begins. So I read that and I'm like, you know, everybody thinks that's funny, right? Because you're like, oh, hell, I just want to live. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to, um, I don't want to have to not do those things because I want to live my life. I want to eat what I eat. And then on the second, on the, on his flip side here, I was scrolling through and a, um, a family member had shared about Alzheimer's and you know, the, and I don't have the quote, but where it talks, like it has a whole list of telling about the disease and it's for awareness and they want you to share it if you've been touched by it. And, and a lot of comments of people that have suffered, lost family members to Alzheimer's and I myself, um, have had family members with Alzheimer's and I know how hard that is. I could tell you a, a story about that and maybe I will someday. Um, but the thing is, you know, flip side with the social media, right? So the thing is, um, all, and again, Alzheimer's, that's it. here. Let me tell you, type three diabetes people. We think about, because I think a lot of times we think, oh, I'm not going to have that. Like my aunt said, you're going to be fat, right? I was fat. I was morbidly obese prior to going whole food plant-based. So she was right. I had the genes for it. She absolutely was right. We see other people who have these illnesses and we think they're not going to get to us. But when, what were the stats again? When six in 10 adults have chronic, have a chronic disease or living with it and four in 10 of those have two, the chances are if you keep doing what you're doing, you're going to, you're going to pull the trigger. You know, the gun's loaded. You're going to pull the trigger. Your choices are going to pull the trigger. All right. So, um, let me see what else I got here. So, um, so we think about like, you know, we think about whole food plant-based eating. And I just, when I first, when I first started doing this, I was so excited. I'm still, oops, I'm still so excited. I bumped my microphone. Hopefully that wasn't too bad. Um, still so excited about it. But I remember I had to go in for a checkup at um, a clinic for my husband's insurance. And I remember telling the lady about it and um, what I was doing. And she's in, and I, ha I wrote it down because she's like, oh, there's no way. There's no way I could give up me. And I, oh, I could never give up cheese. Never, ever, ever. And then um, I've heard people say, you know, I'd rather die. I'd rather die than never have a steak again. And, you know, I, I get that. I get that. We want to eat what we want to eat. We don't want to be told what to do. And eating just plants 
you know, eating just plants, eating fruits and vegetables and beans and rice and potatoes and greens, that all seems extreme. If that's, you know, because you think that's all I can have, that seems extreme. No meat, no cheese, no eggs, you know, that seems extreme. But let's say, let's say, and I have some notes, let's say you have a heart attack and you have to have bypass surgery. Think about that for a minute. Let's just say that that happens. Or you have type two diabetes, you have it for a lot of years, you end up having neuropathy, I've known family, I've had family member have amputation and it was mainly due to peripheral artery disease, which is pad, but I've also had family members who had neuropathy in their feet and they could barely walk. And I've known people to lose their feet to type two diabetes. Um, what about if you get Alzheimer's, you start forgetting those around you and you end up getting Alzheimer's. The thing is we think about like our diet and not doing stuff is an extreme. So here, I got another Esselstyn quote for you. Another Esselstyn quote. So some people think plant-based diet, a plant-based diet, whole food diet, whole food. Let me start over. Oh my gosh. Some people think plant-based diet, whole food diets are extreme. Half a million people a year will have their chest opened up, a vein taken from their leg and sewn onto their coronary artery. Some people would call that extreme. So this is the thing. We talk about all, you know, these diseases and they seem distant to us, but the odds are with the way that we're living, you're going to end up with one of them. And is that how you want to go? So we think it's extreme to eat plant-based and it's extreme to do something to cut all those things out. And, and we're not okay with that, but we are okay with slowly killing ourselves with our diet and our lifestyle. And mainly I'm talking diet here, guys, because I, I am a firm believer knowing how diet has changed my energy levels and how I feel that if you can change your diet, you're going to change your life. If you can get to where you are a hundred percent whole food plant-based, you are going to be a new person. You will never even, you'll just be dumbfounded at how you feel. You won't, you won't even be able to explain it because you will then come to know how bad you feel now. And I know some of you out there are probably like, well, I don't feel that bad. I'm not giving up. Why would I want to give up my meat and my cheese and my eggs? Well, do you want, you know, do you want to, do you want to end the second chapter of your life? Do you want it to be a chronic disease? Because if you could take that pill and let me go back to it here, I'll do this quote one more time. This is, I'm about 18 minutes in, so that's pretty good. But let me read this one more time. Imagine if the news were to break tomorrow. There's a new drug available just approved by the FDA. It's available in bountiful supply. It's shockingly inexpensive, free of side effects, safe enough for children and octogenarians alike, and taken once daily for the rest of your life will reduce your risk of ever getting a major chronic disease by 80%. Lifestyle. Reduce your disease, your 80%. Reduce any major chronic disease by 80%. I just, I, I, the thing is, we're not talking about this. People don't know this. And that's why I think it's so hard. We know what we know. We know we see Arby's commercials. We know that, you know, you see the margarita in the queso at the Mexican restaurant, right? And I know it's hard. If you cut out all those things, it's going to be if you have any sort of a social life, it's hard because then you're going to be different, right? And it's going to be a little more difficult. But is it difficult to lose a foot 
to have your chest cracked open and have an artery cut out of your leg and put on your coronary artery so that you can live a few more years. And let's talk about, you have a heart attack. What's the, how do, why, how, what do you think the leading cause of um, death for people who have had a heart attack are? So someone who's had a heart attack, what do they die of? Usually another heart attack. So do you think that the bypass surgery is working? It's just maybe giving you a little bit more time. Now, again, I believe God knows our timing, right? But if you're putting poison in your body, again, on a daily basis, and what do you expect? What kind of outcome do you expect? It's, it's not that these diseases are genetic and normal to have happen. Yes, genetic, not normal. But we think they're normal because six in 10 adults have them. So if everybody was eating whole food plant-based and only one in 10 people got chronic disease, then we think that that's, you know, that eating whole food plant-based is normal, not having chronic disease. So I hope that makes sense. I think the reason that we're okay with not being okay is because all those around us are not okay. So we see it, we think it's normal. It's not normal for us to be that way. We don't need to suffer like that. You don't need to suffer like that. You deserve to not be okay with not being okay. So I guess I'll end there. And I will tell you, if you want more information about whole food plant-based or even any of this, any of this information here that I'm talking about, how it can change uh, your health, watch Forks Over Knives, the documentary. Watch Code Blue, the documentary. Watch, let's see what else. Game Changers, that's a great one too. Those are all good. And they are, it's a good visual. You get to hear people's stories. Trust me, you'll be blown away. You'll be blown away. So remember, don't be screwed by food and eat whole food plant-based. Thanks for listening or thanks for watching and I'll be back next week. See ya.